Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined in a frozen Louisville by Nick Roush. Nick, how are you doing, buddy? Man, the weather. How about it? Yeah. <laughs> how about it? I finally got my car into my garage, which it's on a slight incline, and, and I've not been able to even do that for a while. So mm-hmm. uh, that that was my win for yesterday, but it's, uh, you know, I don't know, man. We've not had school here and Woodford County and forever, and I don't think we'll have it the rest of the week. So it is what it is, and we'll drive forward. But I hope everybody's being safe out there and staying home if they can. And uh, hopefully while you're at home, you can listen to this podcast. So without further ado, uh, Nick, let's uh, get into some of your questions. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it to it. I mean, it, it's also really cold outside too, Freddie. Like we're not yeah. getting just the – it isn't just like, oh, snow, go out and play in it. Like it's – bitterly cold. cold yeah yeah i actually yeah. went for a walk yesterday I, I i got out and my neighborhood is is was finally decent enough to do that and and i you know i usually go about four miles i went about a mile and i was like man screw this it's too cold i'm going inside <laughs> i'll just yet. be yeah i'll just be fat i ain't worried about it you know what i mean it's i'd rather be fat than cold so <laughs> <laughs> i like that i like that freddie um uh brad asks are there any there any folks talking about the new running back special teams coach and are we going to keep that douglas pipeline going next class well i think we at least alluded to the guy uh in the last uh in the last podcast the guy from we did Um, we did yeah as far, far as the douglas pipeline uh our new recruiting reporter zach gagan actually talks to uh uh, Ty Bryant, and I think that's going to be on the website right around the time you're listening to this. So that's something to keep an eye on. I think uh, there's definitely a possibility with him. You also got Dane Key, and then there's another Bryant kid that's a year younger that I hear is going to be quite the stud, Freddie, the tight end. Yeah, well, yeah, Ty Bryant, for folks that don't know, is the son of Cisco Bryant. Cisco played receiver at Kentucky, so yet another legacy uh, recruit. Uh, Cisco is, is older than I am, but I've known him for many years. Uh, he was a good receiver at, at Kentucky. Ty Bryan is a very is a multiple diverse athlete that can play several different positions. If you'll mm-hmm. remember back, he made the uh, the the all the KSR the Kroger KSR All State team. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was first team defense on the defensive side. Uh, so he is he is somebody to look out for. And we all know and hear about Dane Key, the four star receiver. Another legacy recruit. His his dad is Dante Key, a teammate of mine. So uh, when you, when you're looking at Douglas, you see two two high level players, but you also see two legacy recruits, and 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 we will see how that goes. Uh, Douglas had a legacy recruit a couple years ago, uh, Walker Parks, that went to Clemson. Right. Uh, his the son of David Parks, another teammate of mine. So. Keep an eye on the legacy recruiting that's going on at Douglas, and 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 we'll have that. But Zach is our new uh, recruiting reporter, uh, writer, person of uh, per, or contact at KSR. He's yes. going to do a great job and be on the lookout for some very exciting things that we have cooking during the the, the real off season after you know, after spring practice, before media days, when that 
that dead period there. Uh, as far as not much going on, we're going to, we're going to do some exciting things on the recruiting side. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And also recruiting is a young man's game. So it's good to have a, a, a young man in there. Yeah. Uh, with yeah. Boots on the ground. Exactly. And, and that's not saying that I'm not going to have anything to do with recruiting, but right, right, right. Well, we're still going to be watching these kids and yeah. talking about them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do a little bit different. I, I don't, you know, I don't follow the, the tweets and Instagrams and, and all that stuff. And yeah. We're you too know, old for I, that. what what I do is 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 I evaluate film and, and evaluate the prospects as far as how I see it, and a lot of times that differs than ways other seasons. So it's just you know we all give our opinions. So it's going to be a collective team effort on KSR. So all right, next question there, Dale I like, Saltwater. I like this question that comes to all us right. uh, from uh, Will. Will any? Incoming freshman make as big of an impact as Vito Tisdale did last season. And, you know, Freddie, Vito wasn't a, uh, I, I don't know if he was even a high production guy, uh, but he did, he, he, he did play quite a few snaps and he, yeah. he lowered the shoulder when he was in there. Who, who do we, what, what freshman do we think could have a similar impact? I'm going to go with Trevor Wallace. I mean, I, I, you know, he's, once he gets settled into that linebacker position, and there, other than DeAndre Square and Jordan Wright slash JJ Weaver, there's you know there's there's two spots that are open for competition, and, and I think certainly with the level of athlete that that Trevor Wallace is, that he can come in and play somewhere somehow. I don't know how much he'll play or what impact, but he he certainly is poised to have that kind of effect on the Kentucky defense, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I like that one. for and, and also on special teams because um, – Oh, Lord, yeah. Because that's where a lot of – Vito's, a lot of his stuff was yeah. on kickoff team. You yeah, know? can you can you imagine 6'2", 220 with that speed and athleticism going down the field on punt coverage? Yeah. I mean, that's that great. that could be fun to watch uh, with Tisdale and Wallace going – or yeah, Tisdale and Wallace going down there and, <laughs> and headhunting. So, yeah, I, that that's my guy. Yeah, that's that's a good one, Freddie. Uh, and I I think I'm just gonna just piggyback off you and say that guy. Uh, there's another. David wanted to know all positions get discussed with place kickers. Is it chance poor or someone else? We got the spicy Italian meatball coming back. Matt Ruffalo is coming back for one more year. I know he didn't do like a graphic like most folks, but he he will be back for 2021. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ruffalo. A lot of people talked about that old Miss game, and, and that was a bad game for him, but. He, from that point on, he was solid. And you got to realize he was a first-year starter at kicker. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, he had played before, but as a full-time starter, that was – last year was his first year, and, and an Ole Miss game was early. And I think one of the stories of the year is how he, he was solid from that point on. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, that showed a lot of fortitude from from Ruffalo to, to be that way. So, I think Chance Poor will handle the kickoffs, and then Matt Ruffalo will, will do the kick, place kicking. Ruffalo kicked it third, had 37 total kicks, missed three. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Now, they didn't yeah. ask him to do a ton of like long range field goals, but he missed one extra point. He missed that field goal in the old miss game. And I think there was one. All right. There was one maybe against Missouri or something like that, but that three kicks in a season, that's, that's, that's doing your job. 
34 out of 37 is a number is a preferred number for your kicker in the southeastern conference so yeah, yeah. I, I you're, think, you're not going to be perfect but yeah that's right. about as close as you can get yeah to. i mean he's not going to hit 58 59 yarders but who does i mean after rodrigo uh, blankenship is now with the colts i mean you know who's going to do that so i i think kentucky's kicking is in good hands with ruffalo uh one, one thing that does concern me and you know i mean I, i'm a Stickler for details, and I get in the weeds with stuff. Is who's gonna who's gonna be the holder for the place kicks? Because Max Duffy was that last year, and he's now mm-hmm. gone. Yep, no, that's a very good point, Freddie. Um, one person, uh, Clower fan. I don't know what that is. Are we done on the transfer portal? My, I, I would say Freddie might be done for now, but definitely not done for the year. Uh, yeah. I think I think a lot of stuff. We this is the first time really the portal's been this prevalent, but I think you're going to see it in different waves. You're probably going to see a a post season wave, uh, which we kind of I think just wrapped up. Like once the the kind of bowl season gets over with, and then I think you're going to get yeah. a post spring season wave where there's a lot of movement. Yeah, I, I don't think I think the transfer portal has changed the game of, of college football. I mean, I mean, just look at Kentucky. For example, uh, Wondell Robinson, and, and that's going to be a topic a little bit later that that we discuss. I mean, we we can't under understate just how important he is going to be to this football team, and and all of a sudden, college football is 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 somewhat mirroring college basketball, where Calipari can go out and get two or three players and then contend for for the SEC championship. Well, football can kind of do the same thing now where you're not counting on players that you're bringing in are, are 17, 18, 19-year-old freshmen. You can bring a 20, 21, 22-year-old uh, transfer in through the portal, and, hey, that changes your trajectory. I mean, Wondell Robinson changes the Kentucky offense immediately. And, and Mo Douglas, a teammate of mine, uh, the head coach at Springfield High School in, in Ohio, he tweeted something that I thought was was fascinating yesterday, Nick, in the 2021 transfer portal. 1,074 student athletes have entered the portal. Uh, 299 of those have received scholarships. Yeah, yeah. So, so 72% of all the players that enter the portal don't officially have a home unless they went back. So, again, the transfer portal is nice, but we're talking about best-case scenarios in Wondell Robinson. You know, there are several others that, that have entered the portal. Hey, nobody wants them. So that, so either they go back or they're in limbo somewhere. So, yeah, the transfer portal has changed the game. But I don't think it's over with, and I think it's a year-round deal. I, I do think in the future some, the NCAA is going to have to regulate that a little bit where it's not a year-round deal and, and the, the transfer like a, portal will have time limitations like right, signing day. Right, yeah. I, that That's probably the first way they're going to regulate it, but – I, I yeah. will say to your point, Freddie, this is the transfer portal has made it to where you can actually bring in impact players right away because they've they've grown yeah. body some. And like you right. said, I, I hope that a lot of those kids out there just grass ain't always greener, man. Um, just because things are tough now doesn't mean they won't be. Uh, yeah. Doesn't mean they and, can't and be worse, I, you I, know? And I think the transfer portal, it, it tugs on emotions that we have as humans to be wanted. So mm-hmm. uh, let, me, let me explain that. So if player X signs with school Y, and hey, he's not getting any run, 
I mean, he, he's not moving up the depth chart. He's not happy. The exciting portion of saying, hey, I'm in the portal now and I can get re-recruited because when I was recruited, everybody loved me. Right, right. Now I'm at this school and I'm third team and, and I'm on the scout team. So I'm going to say, I'm going to announce I'm in the portal just to get attention of being wanted. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing because it's human nature, but we're seeing a lot of that. <laughs> hey, nobody wants you. I mean, it's, it's, it's the sad part of this transfer portal, but we're talking about the upper 1% in Wondell Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Freddie, there's also a well. They wanted me out of high school. So yeah, that, they're going to want me again, and that that's not always the case. So, that's not the case. Uh, no. You know, uh, I I can't relate um, because, but this would have been me if I tried to play at the next level. Uh, is sometimes you just got to be content not being the guy. You know. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, not, reality. Not, there's a there's a worse well, living than you know being a backup in in the SEC or something. You know. Yeah, I mean, you know, reality can hurt sometimes, and and that's what happens. So, mm-hmm. all right, next question. Uh, all right, most likely to break out: Rogers, Hayes, Oxendine, and I think mm. Ripka is Ripka. They've got his hand y- in there. Yeah. Right? So yeah. We'll, we'll throw those three. Who's the most likely to break out this year? Rogers, Hayes. Ripka Oxendine. I'm gonna say Ox. You know, it could be. Yeah. Right now, the other two are still playing behind Bully, so they're gonna be splitting reps. Yeah. Um, Oxendine also had that slight leg up on him because he was an early enrollee. So right. I'm I'm gonna give uh, Ox the slight leg up for now. You know that that defensive line class was highly ranked. Mm-hmm. I mean, correct. I mean, stars and it, it was. As far as on paper, one of the best defensive line classes in college football. I have to see it on the field, Nick. I mean, I, I there there's some things that 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 I want to see. One because there's not a lot of length in those guys. I mean, a there's lot no of bulk, sleep, a lot of tree trunk. A lot of but yeah, and in the three four defense, that body type that these play that, that the majority of that class has is at the nose tackle position. It's not at the defensive end or the defensive tackle position. So mm-hmm. I do think that Kentucky has a great developer and talent in Amar Stewart. I think we saw that year one. We saw I saw him personally as a coach. I think he is terrific. I think he's wonderful and does a great job. But, you know, the body types don't match for me. And, and that, that, that's, that, that's, it's not a concern. But it's something that I'm gonna keep my eyes on because, again, Kentucky's not very long on that defensive line, and that's that's something in, in a new SEC with all the passing offenses, the quarterbacks. You're gonna have to get some length to get in there and influence the quarterback. We saw Kentucky sack total go from 33 to 15. Yeah. So the last three years it went 38, 33, 15 a year ago, and, and that is a major red flag for me. Even and, in fewer and, games, that's still a huge it's st- Yeah, even in fewer games. I mean, look, look just do the average per game, and, and it's still a tremendous drop. So, yeah, I, I got to see it from those guys, and, and it's time for them to uh, uh, to prove that, that they are worthy of that lofty of a ranking of a defensive line class. But if anybody can get it out of them, it's Amar Stewart. Definitely, definitely. I uh, – I- I also, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm hopeful that Rogers is twitchy enough to play, uh, to play that three technique, to play that tackle position instead of no. Yeah, I, you know, I, just, again, I, I don't know. I, I don't. We, we got like, uh, 
you know, a couple of snaps here and there last year. So yeah, uh, spring well, football. Well, I, that's what that's what makes it spring yeah. football so enticing, and that's why I, I think somebody asked. Um, but I'm just gonna. Are you worried at all about the spring game now that Florida canceled theirs? I don't care what Florida does. I mean, they're Florida's Florida. Uh, but, but does it? Do you think that other schools will follow? Do you think UK potentially I, could? I think schools will make their own individual decisions. I don't think anybody will follow what Dan Mullen did. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, just just to be honest with you, I mean his his take on crowds and what he's what he's morphed into. I mean, nobody's following Dan Mullen's suit on anything. So I think uh, I think Kentucky will make an individual decision. I hope that the spring game is open for uh, at least limited fans um, be, because I think the fans need that. I think they need to reconnect as far as having eyes on the product that's on the field for Kentucky. So I sure hope so. I mean, I, I want to go. I mean, oh, I'm being yeah. selfish. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. yeah. But, uh, but back to that defensive line class. Uh, Nick, uh-huh. I wasn't as high on it as the recruiting services. Oh, okay. So I, I, I want to see those guys on the field take a step. I, I, I do. I want to see those those young defensive linemen take a step. I'm not saying I'm down on them, but I wasn't as high on them as, as the recruiting services. So, uh, but again, I mean, you know, when 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 dealing with evaluation, I tend to be out there weird so that's just me uh a lot of that has to do with the length i mean you know that's just the name of the game I, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see how those guys and that's certainly something to keep your eyes on during spring practice i um the the one i did want to get to and i think we can start segueing into our topics was uh somebody asked why landon young isn't on as many draft big boards out there is that, that that is a great question and that's that's our next topic is the nfl draft now I've heard that he he has been invited to the combine. Now I have not gotten that confirmed, mm-hmm. uh, but I did hear that. Which so, would be great news. Which would be great news. I think Landon Young projects as a right tackle in the NFL, most likely. Uh, he is not on the board as we're getting ready to get into, but I think that's something that can be remedied by a strong uh, combine and pro day. And again. The NFL draft is much, much different than what a lot of folks are used to with the NBA draft, where everything's pretty much locked in. You yeah. know, you can project that, and it's pretty solid. With the NFL draft, other than the top 10, 15 players, I mean, it gets crazy after that. I mean, <laughs> there, there are draft boards right now that has uh, uh, Jamin Davis and Kelvin Joseph in the second round and CBS Sports NFL draft prospects has Drake Jackson as Kentucky's highest rated prospect at 129 in the class. So, I mean, these draft boards are all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but PFF came out with a top 300 NFL draft board, and uh, there were some Wildcats on there. Jamin Davis was 85th, which is a uh, third round. Kelvin Joseph, 108. Drake Jackson, 142nd. Quentin Bohanna, 221, and Boogie Watson at 281. So that's PFF as of, what, yesterday, two days ago? Yeah, so mid-February. Mid-February. So Ten weeks that's out, going, give or take. Yeah, that's going to change. I mean, all this is going to change. Uh, but then Mel Kuyper has Kelvin Joseph in his top 25. 
So that is, that is, you know, that that's a first round projection where mm. PFF has him at 108. So that should show you the disparity between two credible draft sources, Mel Kiper, ESPN, with just one player, Kelvin Joseph, in top 25, and then PFF has him at 108. So you don't see that in basketball. I mean, you don't see that big of a disparity. Football, you do. And it, it all get meshed together right before the draft. So, again, with Landon Young, I, I wouldn't panic yet and, and let this process play out because it's because it's very, very early in the in, in the yeah. draft process. Well, you know, Big George, he wasn't on any draft boards at this time of his right. draft process. And then he crushed it on his pro day and right. ended up getting picked in the seventh round. So, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and also think in PFF's case, too, you know, I don't think they're talking to the same people that Mel Kuyper and Daniel Jeremiah are talking. Right. To. So, Kel, that's why Joseph hasn't moved up in the board. And, and like you said, Freddie, there's going to be a lot of stuff that changes. But I think yeah. the reason why you have such a wild variance in general in the NFL draft is that, like, you know, it only takes one team to draft people. And yeah. if teams, like, a, a lot of this stuff, especially the big board, it's based purely on how they evaluate talent. Yeah, but like whoever's picking at two twenty one, they might not need a defensive line. You know, the roster needs right. so much that goes into this. That my biggest takeaway from that that big board was actually that it's good news for Boogie because I, I wondered if he would like how he would fall in the pecking order because I, I right. thought he would be a fringe guy, and this is at least confirming that that he can play it his way into. Uh, getting selected it all is just a matter of how he performs at his pro day yeah pro day combine i mean you know the tape is there and you know daniel jeremiah tweeted something out the other day that that i thought was fast i think it was daniel jeremiah who if you're not following you need to was that they don't care about the heisman maxwell all conference all anything when they're evaluating and and that's a great point uh, that he made so I then like Matt, that Cole Cuban was like so, so much for my uh, all yeah, all, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was going to text Cole and say, you know, how about my all SEC academic prowess? That should have been on something. <laughs> uh, Matt Miller of the Draft Scout mm-hmm. recently put out Quentin Bohanna at 157th. That's the fifth round selection for the Green Bay Packers. This is just a projection. Drake Jackson, 105. That's a fourth-round selection by the Denver Broncos. Kelvin Joseph at 45. That's a second-round pick by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Jamin Davis at 36. That's also a second-round pick by the Miami Dolphins. So we've given you three, four examples, and, and all four are all over all the place. place yeah. yeah, so don't, don't count Landon yet, Young out yet. I think there's a lot of evaluation to go on. You know, it could also be something with Landon that teams want to see his knee, uh, you know, because teams want to get their medical people yep. in there to check him out. So a in lot between, of variables out there. I think there's that, too, in that he doesn't have a lot of pass pro tape. Like, right, that's there's right. Not, there's not a lot out there, and that's right. pretty important for an offensive tackle. So Very important for a left tackle to have a lot of pass pro reps. Exactly. So, yeah, give it time. Let it play out. So we're not panicking there yet. Um, the next subject I want to talk about is going back to the transfer portal discussion is Wondell Robinson. 
again, I, I don't know why it strikes me as we've almost forgotten that he's he transferred to Kentucky. Uh, I get it because it happened so early in, in the process. But what 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 brought him to Kentucky was closer to home, family is family, uh, and the Lee and Cohen influence. I think Wandell was vastly misused at Nebraska, uh, especially when they when they played him at running back, which he is not a running back. And if you expect him to play running back at Kentucky, I'm sorry, you would be wrong in that case. He can he play is running not, back at Western Hills High School, but not at – No, yeah, and he doesn't want to play running back apparently Man, and does not need to play running back. So peg, round hole. Yeah, so so he came to Kentucky with Lynn Cohen to improve his route running from that slot position. We see so many players now of his stature, of his size, having success – in the National Football League that we, we didn't see a lot of prior uh, because of these offenses. Or, or, you know, Kansas City's kind of revolutionizing the game uh, with, 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 with Tyreek Hill there, uh, you know, how they're utilizing him. And, 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 and you know, the, the guy from Georgia, uh, Hardman from Georgia, you know, these slot receivers are making a lot of money. And, and Cooper Cup uh, with, the, with the Rams, I mean, I can go on and on. But these receivers that are in that size category now have a home where Wondell Robinson wants to improve his route running, the technique of playing receiver. You can be a great athlete and still not have that technique of playing the position of wide receiver, and that could hurt you at the next level or going to. Wondell Robinson, in my opinion, Nick Roush, is, is, is a top of the Paul Horning Award watch list. Uh, he was a finalist. So I think I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I think he he is he is the he is the player to beat for the Paul Horning Horning Award, and I think Kentucky will utilize him that that way as a receiver on the jet sweeps, a, a returner all over the place. But he came to Kentucky to improve his uh, positional abilities and effectiveness at wide receiver. And, and I want to say again, he is not a running back. And, and one reason that Wondell Robinson, the transition to transfer was so smooth is that Kentucky welcomed him back with open arms. And there was no hard feelings when Robinson signed with Nebraska. It's just it's, it's what happened. And, and I think all that combined in, into bringing him back, and he is just going to be a dynamic player and automatically target number one for whichever quarterback wins the job. No, you're, you're exactly right, Freddie. I, uh, and, and the thing is too, is that's how adults should act. You should be, uh, you shouldn't be holding a grudge against a teenager for the way that they made a decision when they were 17, oh. 18 years old. So like, I'm glad that Kentucky took the high road at then now, just because, uh, just because they didn't get a guy it shouldn't mean you have hard feelings and that's, oh. and it kind of shows in other recruits too. Like it, this isn't Wandell isn't the only guy you saw. Jedrick Wills, uh, I reach out after Sharman's passing. And, you know, Absolutely. Like the, it's, it's a little something called maturity, Freddie. Kind of weird. Exactly. Right? And, and you got to realize that when when these players, such as Ty Bryant at at Frederick Douglass, Dane Key, uh, Grant Bingham, Ka uh, Gavin Wims, et cetera, there's 17, 16, 17-year-old kids making a decision that impacts universities. And with that, millions upon millions of dollars for these football programs, but they're just kids. For example, take your teenager to Orlando, Florida. 
and then throw out there, we're going to go to Disney or we're going to go to SeaWorld. You make the decision. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you can't get mad at them. You can't get mad at them if they want to go to SeaWorld. But because you wanted them to go to Disney World, I mean, they're teenagers. They're going to be all over the place. So, that's as adults, comparison, Freddie, it's like because that's all. <laughs> think about how difficult of a decision it is for that kid. Like, yeah, well, one place has Harry Potter World. Oh, yeah, but they got a new ride at Magic Kingdom. Like, <laughs> but I can go pet <laughs> sharks over there. You know, I can go pet sharks at Sea World, or I can go to Harry Potter. You've heard, how you say it? Harry Potter. I can't stop. I can't Harry, yeah, Harry Potter world over there. You know, I, I take I take my daughter out to eat, and it's 15 minutes of does she want McDonald's or does she want Jimmy John's? I mean, it's 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 a life and death situation. I'm where, where which sandwich she wants to choose. So you, these guys are teenagers. You got you we we as 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 grown folk need to be grown folk. And I think Kentucky was the grown folk in this situation, and they got back Wondell Robinson. Next topic. <laughs> Seems like we're talking a whole heck of a lot about Tennessee, Nick Roush, but Tennessee hires Penn State co-defensive coordinator. Uh, didn't hire Matt House, which is good because I like Matt House, and, and he did not need to get mixed up in that mess, and I'm happy that he's stayed at Kansas City. Um, but, you know, looking at, at, at James Franklin's comments about uh, the, the Penn State co-defensive coordinator going to be able to to uh, make calls or call plays. Seems like he didn't do a lot of that at Penn State. I could be mistaken there. I could be totally wrong. But he will be the defensive coordinator at Tennessee, and uh, that's just another addition to Hopple's staff, which brings up a point that I'm reading from the media, not from the, the football program. Let's make that let's make that clear that they're talking about uh, – the media is talking about should Tennessee – have a self-imposed bowl ban for 2021. And, uh, you know, a little inside baseball here. Nick and I share notes on the outline of this podcast, even though we go all, go all over the place. Mm -hmm. So I'll read you my note to Nick Rouse. Tennessee, self-imposed bowl ban for 2021, LOL. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, hey, so the, I mean. It's Tennessee, yeah, man. I, they, uh, Jesus Keep on plugging my microphone. The Tennessee, though, they, they they never cease to just not be Tennessee. They can't help themselves. Yeah. It, it's it, it it's a show, man. I mean, it is a show. But I am so happy that that, that my friend Matt House uh, did not take that job because, I mean, what, you know, even though it does pay $1.5 million, I don't know what he makes at Kansas City. I just, it just, I don't know. It would seem to be that you would kind of want to stay away from that until you see how it's going to work out. So, Especially in Josh uh, Heupel's offense. Like, that's not that's not an easy place for a defensive coordinator. No, because you can go real fast and go really fast three and, three and out. Yeah, so, no and your defense could be on the field a long time, and you could give up big yards, and that could be a coach's – that could be a defensive coordinator's graveyard if the offense is ineffective and, and, you know, especially since you're losing Henry to, O to, O, you know, he, he transferred mm -hmm. out. I'm hearing it could be, he could be going to Alabama, which is just embarrassing uh, as far as the riches that Nick Saban has, but yeah, I mean, not, not a lot of players left down there. So I'm glad to see Matt house stayed at Kansas city and, and didn't get to, didn't enter that Knoxville thing that's going on down there. So, all right, Nick Roush, uh, I want to, 
shock some people here. My next topic is college basketball. <sighs> I would rather watch a Kardashian marathon than watch non-UK college basketball. I mean, it is that bad to me, and I'm not an expert by no means. I have switched over and, and watched because of intrigue. I watched Gonzaga play because they're they're supposed to be the best team out there, and and they are really good. But man, it college basketball is just hard for me to watch. It's bad man, the 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 officiating clunks things up. The one and done as much as Kentucky's benefited from it. Once players realize, oh, I can go elsewhere, it's just taken it's sucked the talent out of the top programs and you just get a bunch of crap and this isn't even me being mad because kentucky's not good this year it's it's just the it's day, bad the days of having turning on jefferson pilot sports on a tuesday night to watch uh jarvis venardo versus um uh, i don't know some other random like we used to get fun little sec rivalries Hell, back when you were in school, you had like Barkley and stuff. I don't know if you're was Barkley around when you were. He was before me a little bit, but yeah. You, but you had like you had rivalries among players that were fun. There was um there was an old classic game on the other day. <laughs> Louisville played like a day game, and after it was like the last basketball game they played in like a month. After the game, they played the a Reese Gaines versus Dwayne Wade game, and as just a kid growing up in Louisville, those were so much fun to watch. They yeah. had a, a hell of a rivalry between those two and you just don't get that anymore Um, yeah you know and i've heard matt talk about it on the show you know because people my age calling in well college basketball back in my day was so much better but college basketball is not going to go back to how it was back in my day quote unquote you know there's not going to be a fourth year senior ralph sampson playing against melvin turpin right you know it's not going to happen it is what it is and it is a different game, but people, you know, and I see, I see both sides of it. You know, it is, you know, the one and dones have made the game what it is today. You know, also uh, COVID, you know, but every team's dealing with COVID. We can't use that as an excuse, no. but the quality of, of product on the court is, is, you know, you look at the other major sports, college football is a thousand billion times better than it was, say, when I was in college. Mm-hmm. College baseball, uh, same thing, a thousand million times better. Women's basketball is is great. It's yeah, fun to watch. Yeah. And I love watching Kentucky play. Yeah, they're fun. But college basketball is not. And, and there's several factors. But I, I don't totally discount the fact that people my age grew up watching a, a junior Michael Jordan play with his, you know, play three years at North Carolina against you know teams and, and then you grow up with with the houston program with with with, wow, with elijah one yeah. yeah and clyde Drexler. that was fun to watch well and, and i hate what? to bring it up duke unlv i mean this is my i'm not even going back to the older way older i'm going to back to my day mm-hmm. these teams are fun to watch because once you watch them play in the tournament you can project hey i'm gonna watch these guys next year and they're gonna be fun and I think and the product Freddy, on the court was fun. It's just not fun for me to watch, and I hate to say that. But I, I, I will say this. I have watched every Kentucky game this year, and that's new for me. Mm-hmm. Normally, I, I, you know, I watch when I can, but I've made a point to watch because 
because, you know, th- there's been some negativity towards the players and the fans aren't happy. And, and I, I, you know, what can I do about that? I can support them by watching them and being for them. But, you know, and I feel for the players and I want UK to win. But watching Vanderbilt last night, I mean, I was, I wish there was a way I could just watch Kentucky and not have to watch Vanderbilt attempt to play the game of basketball. Oh. I mean, that's just, that's just my take, Nick. Yeah, I uh, also think that for as much as people love giving players, uh, we, we got to support the players, blah, blah, blah. Uh, some of these kids need to have adults um, help them make yeah. the decision to go to Disney World because it's better than SeaWorld. Like, yeah. the, 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 the lack of fundamental skills, I mean. Yeah, it's, it's bad. All, it's just, all, especially in the COVID year, all of the cracks in the foundation just look a lot bigger. And it's all amplified yeah. by the AU, let's reach on to some kid and try to get to the NBA as quick as possible so we can get our payday. And frankly, it's just not right. And, it, and it's, I, I hate that, um, that, that that's the way that things have kind of turned into having those, uh, uncles and the people in their circles and their camp, that's nothing new. It's just, there's so much more money involved now. And it happens. It's such a, the instant gratification is so much more desired, I guess you would say. Uh, that it's it's a lot of things have suffered and college yeah. basketball is is the victim in all of this and it's not the kids fault because that's the system we live in mm-hmm. hey you know if i can go out <laughs> and make money shoveling snow make 10 million dollars shoveling snow i'm going to be out there shoveling snow yeah you know i mean if, if you're good at basketball and you can make it to that level and make money generational money for your family i'm all for it man i mean you know because Life is hard. I mean, <laughs> for regular folks like us that have to work and save and, you know, uh, I'd be not, the best not splurge on in the world if it made would, $10 million. Dollars. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't blame I the have kids my wife at all. out there in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, it's bad because, I mean, I do like college basketball. I, I don't watch the, much of the NBA, but I, I do love college basketball. And, it's just, it's just, and it's not, I'm not talking about Kentucky. I'm talking about in general yeah. across yeah. the board. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Across the board. It's just, it's tough, man. It's, it's hard to watch. And, you know, cause the 39,000 fouls in a game, it's just, I don't know. Something's got to be done, but that's, that's not my subject. And I'm sure I'll hear about stick to football and I'll get back to football. So, uh, which, we got a late question that I really like. Top three most oh. underrated players in the Mark Stoops era. I'm going off script, Freddie. This is from Kip, and I really like the the question from Kip. Okay. Uh, Juice has got to be one of them, right? Juice Johnson? He, yeah, I could see that. I mean, he's like fourth or something in all-time receiving. And he's yeah. really been – he's really the, the only reliable wide receiver in the Mark Stoops era. So, I would say yeah. Juice. Right, that's a good um, one. I'm going to go with Luke Fortner. Okay. Okay. I like that uh, one. He Luke has been and still remains to be the glue on that offensive line that can play left or right guard wherever he needs to play. And he's played a ton of snaps and brings experience and, and is that bridge between, you know, it has been that bridge between Drake Jackson and the rotation at tackle position. So uh, I'm going to go Luke as one of mine which, you know, it's not a skilled player. So, 
right. It's, it's not a sexy pick, but it's it's my pick as I, far as uh, underrated. I think Mike Edwards is going to be one of the most. We we're talking about him a lot because he just won a Super Bowl, but he he had so many great players on that 2018 team that he's just not going to be recognized for the talent that he was. I mean, dude, top-notch instincts, one of the best defense good. backs so ever. good. But ever. There, there, there was just so much talent on that team that, you know, it just takes a while to get to him. So I, I would say he's going to be one of the most underrated as well. Well, I'll take it a step further. Is Mike Edwards the best safety to ever play at Kentucky? Oh, a lot of folks would say Melvin Johnson's got that on. Melvin was my teammate, and I am to this day scared – uh, crapless of Melvin Johnson. He would, I mean, seriously, he take Vito Tisdale for folks that don't remember Melvin. Take Vito Tisdale, multiply that times 10, and you get Melvin Johnson at 6'2, 200 pounds. I mean, he would, Melvin Johnson would decapitate players. <laughs> He's why we got a targeting rule. Listen, he wouldn't last. He wouldn't last five minutes in a game. Uh, I'm telling you. He, I mean, he, he he was a guy that that chose to be redshirted at Kentucky for academic reasons. A great guy, very very smart. Not academic reasons to catch up, but he wanted to get his degree, and he he wanted to focus on academics uh, because that was a priority for Melvin. Uh, but he was a guy that was on scout team that. When when we went live on the scout team, it was like the receivers were like, dude, d- please do not, do not throw it at Melvin. I mean, because he was laying folks out, man. I mean, yeah, Melvin Johnson's up there. Bishop is up there. Uh, Bishop and Mel- and I'm Melvin Johnson and Mike Edwards are the only two defensive backs to ever be in the 300 tackle club. Right. So this is I'll have to think about this and, and really get mm-hmm. into it because Paul Calhoun out of Louisville was really good. Uh yeah. Mo Douglas was really good. Uh I mean I mean there there's been several good safeties out there. Uh Melvin Johnson. I, I yeah, I, I wish that UK would just put a, a tape roll together of, of Melvin Johnson's hits. And just so people, you know, because I I hear his name a lot and that makes me really happy uh, because, you know, there's not a lot of tape and he played a long time ago. Uh Uh, But I would love for folks just to see how he just crushed people. But but I'm going to have to think long and hard to see if, if Mike Edwards is the best safety that ever played at Kentucky. He's certainly in the conversation. Uh, His numbers back it up again, 300 tackle club which is hard to get to. Um, so, yeah, I think I think it's an argument that could be made. Yeah, and he also uh, what, didn't get a lot of picks and then got like four or – I think he had three in two separate years. And that, uh, that senior day game, he had a pick six and I think a scoop and score. Am I – Yeah. Or, no, or yeah. no, he just – I don't think he scored the fumble recovery. But and so, yeah. Two possessions of the game. And such a nice guy. I mean, it just – I mean, you can't beat Mike Edwards. I mean, you know, obviously uh, in the NFL, won a Super Bowl, 300 tackle club, arguably the best safety to ever play at Kentucky and just one of the nicest human beings to ever walk the planet. 
I love Mike Edwards. I put it out there. I love the guy. And, uh, you know, I'll fist fight you over Mike Edwards, put it that way. That's how much I like the guy. So, yeah, I, uh, I yeah, we'll, we'll look at that as all time. We'll, maybe, maybe one day in the off season, we'll, we'll, we'll get together and, and put our minds together as far as the KSR brain trust and come up with an all time team. Uh-huh. And, uh, we could also um, do a most underrated too. That's most pretty, underrated. That's, that's a really good uh, off season kind of topic, you know? Yeah. We need one more underrated though. We've got Edwards. No, that's three. Juice, uh-huh. Luke. Yeah. Is there any I mean, that's that just, come to mind too? That, that's just modern day. I mean, you know. Yeah. That was and, just Stoops too. Yeah. Yeah, just Stoops. Okay, yeah. Because we're talking, we go back, I'm going to say Jeff Brady uh, has to be on that. Jeff Brady was a linebacker, was a walk-on from Newport Catholic, earned a scholarship, uh, played like 11 years in the NFL, ended up starting at linebacker outside linebacker for Claiborne and in Curry. And it went on to play for, I think, with six or seven teams in the NFL and was a former walk-on. Joe Mazzella is another one. Dr. Joe Mazzella was a walk-on <laughs> guard from Parkersburg, West Virginia. And at 5'10", 11, and that's stretching it. Uh, ended up being two-time All-SEC player. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's all kinds of underrated players that we could talk about. Um, Ooh, and let's, let's wrap on, I, I want to talk about an underrated player too, from in between, which, uh, is Ellery Moore. Yeah. Who, so I, uh, I got on a big mass on football kick Freddie. Yeah. Trayvon, I know you did. After Trayvon Morgan, uh, right. announced his transfer. I'm actually talking to him later today. So keep, keep an eye out for something Friday on the website. Um, but I talk, uh, I, I, I watched the Go Tigers documentary that uh, took place, and I guess it was like 2000 or so. Yeah. And it was made by a guy who's originally from Maslin, Ohio, which is uh, Clevelandish, Northeast Ohio area, uh, right. right down the road from Canton, Ohio, uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Their big rivalry is McKinley, Canton McKinley. And the season culminates with the rivalry game that's been played 100 some odd times between the two schools. And they've got they they fill up Hall of Fame Stadium. Uh, abs place is packed for this game, and to watch this documentary unfold, first off, the star of it is Ellery Moore, which that that also was a name that I had not heard in a while. It's like, oh, I remember him from going to games when I was a kid. Like, oh, this is awesome. And Ellery Moore is the most like perfect person you could. I, Freddie, this movie Go Tigers. It's on Amazon if y'all want to watch it. Great football movie. It's like. It's a documentary, but I'm telling you, you could not write a script that's as good as this documentary. I mean, it is it's it's like the Friday Night Lights fictionalized movie, you know, where right they, they like juice it up for Hollywood and stuff. The only thing this was missing was like a run to the state championship game because it had everything else. And I mean everything. They're going with the kids to the parties after the game. You've got the big old linebacker who's throwing in the big old hog. Um, and they're even playing. <laughs> They were playing on like AstroTurf and not what we think of as turf now. It was like the yeah. old Cardinal Stadium that was basically playing on carpet. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. They got a yeah. they got a mascot that's like a baby tiger and I mean like a real live baby tiger cub and in the opening scene the it like scratches a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't it show uh, I've watched it a long time ago. Like babies being born and 
and they put a football in the, in the crib or something like that. Yeah, or, yeah, that that was that was the actual opener. I'm like, where's this going? You're in the hospital? Is it? Yeah, no, it's just the guy from the booster club giving him a Go Tigers football, and he's yeah. making a joke about that's going to be a good wide receiver here in a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to go back and watch that again because when when I watched it, it, I couldn't stop. I mean, it was it fascinated me. Uh, but it's great. No, yeah, I, I can't wait to read your stuff about Ellery and, and then throw in some stuff about that documentary. But if if you get a chance, what did you say it was on? It's on Amazon. It was like a $4 to rent it or something like that. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely do that. And, and the thing, too, Freddie, that I found, like the scale of it, it's, you know, it's basically Texas high school football, except it's in Ohio, I, you know, just from my wife's hometown, they do take football much more seriously there. Like yeah. there's, there's 50, 50 raffles where the winner's coming away with 10 grand, you know, like they, yeah, <laughs> they take the stuff serious there. But what I found to be most interesting in my conversations with people is you would think that there's this crazy amount of pressure on kids to succeed. But it's so normalized there that they kind of thrive in it. Like Ellery Moore is this 18-year-old kid basically politically stumping for a tax hike for the school so that teachers don't lose their jobs. I can't imagine being an 18-year-old kid and having that amount of pressure. And he's just like, you know, it's just kind of normal. And and that's what Morgan grew up with. His his dad played with Ellery, went in on a go to Akron. His uncle, uh, he actually played basketball at Georgetown college. Uh, and the other fascinating thing too, Freddie, a lot of UK connections in that, yeah. in that, in that, in that game against Canton McKinley, I think there were four UK guys in the game. You had Ellery Moore, you had Antonio Hall for Canton yeah. McKinley, who is one of the highest ranked players in America at the time. And then you had Jeremiah Dromney, who I didn't realize was a masculine man as well, who who scores in the game. I remember him catching touchdowns for Jared. Wow. Yeah, no, it's it's fascinating. And it 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 just showcases just a unique place uh that, that high school football is is king. I mean, that, that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, folks need to check that out. All right. Well, you are, yeah, are you going to put that on the site today or later on this week? It, it'll probably be Friday because I got a, I still got some, I did a lot of heavy lifting, so it takes a little bit longer, but uh, I would expect yeah. something Friday. Well, good. Good. Well, Nick, thank you for, uh, thank you for joining me on the podcast, brother. I hope you and yours stay safe out there. Uh, hopefully, the, the last winter storm. It's come and gone. I don't know what the forecast is. I'm I've given up on looking at it because it's just depressing to walk outside. It's we're getting above freezing this weekend, I think. So really, well, yeah. I, that that'd be great. Yeah, because it's been cold, <laughs> and, and I know people are just. I know for me, I know I'm stir crazy because I like to get out and go to the office, you know, and then I eat at the restaurant at least you know two or three times a week, and actually do some riding from there. You know, I, I'd like to continue to do that but god you can't you can't get out of the house the roads have been terrible um mm-hmm. just bad and and i just you know i pray for all those folks that's been without electricity and, and i hope you're okay and you know I, that's that's tough man because because it's been cold it's been bitter cold so i hope everybody stays safe out there Definitely. has a great week and 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 who we play saturday tennessee yeah eat at tennessee yeah i yeah i can't wait to watch that one because you know, I, I'm, I, I like this team, Nick. We're, coming, we're gelling, baby. Woohoo!
<laughs> All right, y'all have a great week. Go Cats.